Hello, I'm Philip. And I'm Phoebe. Welcome to Dad. And daughter, do death. Hello, Phoebe. Hi, Dad. How are you? I'm all right. It's been a while since we've done this for... It has. One reason and another. We're very busy people. <laughs> we are very the, busy people. It's the, yeah. it's the biggest reason. And it is the most ridiculously busy time of year. Yeah, I think, is the, it uh, is. The second reason. So uh, apologies to our listeners who have missed us, but um, yeah, life's overtaken us somewhat. <laughs> I, I can't believe that we're like the middle of December. I feel like I've blinked and that's 2022 gone. I can't believe it's been a year since we were talking about a review of last year. I know, yeah. Like, <laughs> where has 2022 gone? It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, well, you, you've had a... You've had a baby in that year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been a little bit busy. Quite a bit of time. Yes, twice a lot of time. Yes, I haven't done a huge amount of sitting around, not doing a lot. No, apart from that, like month when uh, Otto kept us waiting and I couldn't walk, I did quite a lot of sitting around that month. So March was a good restful month. It, but apart yeah. from that, <laughs> yeah, no rest. Yeah, yeah. You've been to Cornwall, and we've been to Disneyland in Paris. We have. Uh, you went to America. I went to America back in February. Can't believe that's nearly yeah. a year since that happened. Yeah, that's crazy. And I was a volunteer at the Commonwealth Games you in were. the summer, which was tremendous. It was such a good week. We both had yeah. COVID. We both had COVID. Times. <laughs> Toby had scarlet fever. He did. And I had tonsillitis off the back of that. Yeah, which is the um, uh, strep, strep A, which is doing the rounds famously the rounds at the again. moment. Yeah, I feel like we're just one disease. I was going to say, but disease is a bit intense. <laughs> we're one illness after another at the moment. It feels yeah. like so. And of course, Toby started school. Toby started school. <laughs> yeah, we lost tabs. Yeah, yeah, we, that was uh, sad. Found a new home for Duke. Yes, it's, it's, not had a huge amount of sleep. Um, <laughs> Nevertheless, we've managed to uh, podcast a few times in, in the last. We have. Year. Yep, I was looking at our Spotify wraps, and it reckons we've done twenty three. So that what averages out just about every other week. Our New Year's resolution can be to commit to Tuesday nights being podcast night and recording. <laughs> <laughs> to to fit in between my drama rehearsals and your. Darts team night. My dart, and... yeah, my, yeah, yeah, my, my new darts team nights and uh, my now working evenings. <laughs> yeah, so again, we're busy. All right, well, we'll do our best. Yes, and uh, as we keep saying, we're not going to run out of cases because no, there, there are plenty of them. An unbelievable amount of cases. Good. Look forward to that. So, how about we have a look back at some of the cases that we did cover in 2022? Let's do it. I, uh, I, I I enjoyed the quiz last year, and uh, I think our listeners really enjoyed the quiz too. So I think it's only right that we do a quiz for the the few episodes that we did do this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, so we have five questions each. Yeah, and we'll take it in turns to uh, to ask each other, see what we remember about each other's okay. stories that we have been telling each other over the last year. Here we go. Then here's. Question number one, and it relates to episode 56, which was released on the 17th of May. Around the time of the First World War, the angel makers of Nagyev 
were women who discovered that arsenic could be a very useful poison to rid themselves of certain people. Can you remember who were the people that they poisoned and, and what was their motive? It was their husbands? Yeah. Uh, was it to kind of get rid of them after they came back from the war because they enjoyed being free and easy and then their husbands came back from the war and they were like, yeah, we don't want them. So they got rid of them. Basically, yeah. This is a story that comes from Hungary, and in the run-up to the First World War, a lot of women were being forced into marriages that they really weren't happy in, and they were being married to very abusive men. Then when the men went off to war, First World War, the women discovered that, hey, this is really quite nice. And then when some of them came back... They, they weren't uh, happy. They weren't happy. So there was a woman in the town who sold them this potion of arsenic, which was made from boiling fly papers. Uh, yeah, so that's exactly right. Well done, Phoebe. So, my first question relates to episode 51, which was from the 25th of February this year. What was the nickname given to the sisters who killed Farah Swali Noor? Ah, now I happen to have stumbled across this during my research earlier today. During your uh, revision. <laughs> during my revision, yeah. <laughs> and despite his quite exotic name, this was a case that was based in Ireland, I think. Yeah, it? it was, yeah. He was a Somalian man who'd moved to Ireland in 1996. Right, okay. Well, he'd claimed to be Somalian, but he was actually Kenyan. Okay. Now, I can't remember if he was married to one of the Irish women or whether he was just sort of... He was the boyfriend of their mum. Right, okay. And the sisters referred to themselves as the Scissor Sisters. Is that right? That is correct, yes. (laughs) Yes, because they quite brutally murdered him after a very messy night out with, well, a Stanley knife, not scissors. And then they dismembered him and they dumped him into the canal. And then they found him because they found his leg with the sock on it floating in the canal. That's how they found that he had been murdered. Very grim, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That was a particularly particularly gruesome case. Very gruesome. Mind you, I think quite a few of these are gruesome. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. So question number three out of ten. This... Case relates to episode 46, which we released on the 11th of January. And it is about John Christie, who was a sadistic murderer who lived at the infamous address of 10 Rillington Rillington Place. In that squalid, decrepit, rundown house, he murdered a lot of women, including his own wife. But can you remember what was the huge injustice and the huge miscarriage of justice that he perpetrated? No. I'll give you a clue. It involved <laughs> someone else that lived in one of the well. Oh rooms yes, in the um, house. he murdered another man's wife and child, and then that man was hung for their murder when actually it was. John Christie that had committed it, not the husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Timothy Evans and his wife lived on the top floor and she was pregnant with their second child, their first yeah. young daughter. Was, Geraldine. Was still living with them, that's right, yeah. And Beryl, his wife, was looking to have the pregnancy terminated. And Christy, yes. who lived on the ground floor, claimed that he could carry it out. Yes, uh, Which And uh, Timothy Evans went off to work one day. When he came back, he found that his wife was actually in bed upstairs, but dead. And yeah. Christy explained that something terribly wrong had happened during the procedure, but basically he had murdered her. Geraldine's body was found on the yeah. property. Yeah, wasn't in the wash house outdoors. Yeah. yeah, bodies were found in the wash house. Bodies were found under the ground in the garden. Yeah, and famously, in the sort of the cupboard with the door that had been just literally papered over. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Timothy Evans was found guilty of murdering his wife. John Christie actually gave evidence. Yeah, against him. And it was one of these situations where I think the the death of Beryl happened in the in the November and by the March Timothy Evans had been hanged. Yeah. And buried in the grounds of the prison. And of course then when it was all discovered that John Christie had murdered all these others, it became clear that uh, mm. Timothy Evans had probably been hanged wrongly. That is the issue with capital punishment. Yeah. You can't go back on it, can you? It's a fascinating story. It's, yeah, really um, interesting story. Thank you. Thanks for the prompt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So question four. This relates to episode 49 from the 7th of February about Harold Shipman. Ooh. So how many counts of murder was Harold Shipman actually convicted of? Uh, now, although they... They can probably account for, I don't know, it's over 200 or something, isn't it? And possibly even more. Oh, I think he was only actually, what was the question? Found guilty of? Convicted of, yeah. Convicted so, of. Was it 15? It was 15. 15 yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was 15. I wasn't yes. sure it was 11 or 15. I know it, it was, was a, uh, yeah. It was 15. Well done. And yeah, yeah the official inquiry guessed over 250 yeah but he was actually convicted of 15 and one count of fraud okay the 15 women that he was convicted of the murder of by lethal injections of diamorphine and they were marie west irene turner lizzie adams jean lilly ivy lomas muriel grimshaw um, marie quinn kathleen wagstaff bianca pomfret nora nuttall Pamela Hillier, Maureen Ward, Winifred Meller, Joan Mellier, and Kathleen Grundy. They were the ones that he was convicted of. They were the ones that he yeah. was convicted of. And it was Kathleen Grundy, who was his last victim, um, who kind of triggered the start of the of his fall down because her daughter, who was a solicitor, became she kind of was alerted to the fact that things weren't right when another sister said that um, a new will had been made by her mom and there was doubts of its authenticity, um, which excluded her daughter, Angela Woodruff and her children, but it left her £386,000 to Oof. Harold Shipman. Yeah. Um, and 
that's when she kind of used her connections to you know push this investigation on the police when they exhumed her body and they found the diamorphine that's when Howard Shipman claimed that she had been a diamorphine addict um okay thank you for reminding me about uh, Howard Shipman who could forget <laughs> the next question then question five this is about episode 54 which was released on the 23rd of april this year buck ruxton murdered his common-law wife and their maid in september 1935 their bodies were carved up in the bathtub and packaged up and he took these packages over the scottish border and dumped them into the river lynn can you remember what was buck ruxton's profession was he a doctor? He was a doctor, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Following on from the Howard Shipman question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it might have given it away a bit there, but we, we, we put these questions together sort of independently. Yeah, we? we did, yeah. <laughs> Buck Ruxton was. He, was uh, he came from India around the turn of that particular century. He had been married, but uh, that marriage fell apart, and he was living with a woman called Isabel, where things again deteriorated. And, um, yeah, he murdered her. And because the maid had probably seen too much or heard too much or discovered too much, he murdered her as well. Wasn't he found because they were able to, like, link the newspaper that yeah. he wrapped the bodies in? Bodies in, in. that's absolutely right. Yeah, because uh, he lived at this stage in Lancaster, and it was an edition of a Sunday paper. It was a national okay. Sunday paper, but there was a specific Lancaster edition. Yeah. That week, or yeah, it just happened to be that week, and he wouldn't have perhaps known or realised the significance. That. Yeah, and when he wrapped them up, and I think some of the clothes and things weren't there, um, baby clothes and things as well that were involved in what he'd used to bundle the bits of the bodies up. He it carved them up into like 70 or 80 pieces between the two women. It was a lot of bits, wasn't it? And it would have been like the perfect crime. Yeah. Had he not let those tiny details slide. Yeah. And also because of where in the river, he dumped them. Ah, okay, yeah. Do you, do you remember if he'd put them somewhere else in that river, then they would have been washed out to sea. But because of the position where he dumped them, they sort of didn't get washed yeah. out to sea. I can't remember exactly why now, but... Um, Otherwise, yeah. they'd never have found these bundles with the bits of bodies in. So for the nineteen yeah. mid-1930s, there was some good forensic work there. That uh, Yeah, nice, really nice good forensic work there. That's the story of Buck Ruxton. Question six. What happened to Diogo Alves, the aqueduct murderer, after his death? After his death... So th this was the guy, was he the one that used to drag people up through a little door in a service hatch or something? Yeah. Right up to the top of the aqueduct and then push them push off? Push them off, yeah. Yeah, because it was quite a high aqueduct in Portugal, was Portugal. it? Portugal, yeah, and then he could rob them. And yeah. he got and away, then... they reckon he killed hundreds of people because he could just get away with it for years because it was all his tradesmen, he was like nicking all their stuff. And, and didn't people think that these were people that were just, committed suicide by jumping yeah. off the yeah because there was like a massive economic crash at the time wasn't there and they were yeah. kind of thinking oh these people just killing themselves but yeah but really yeah. he was taking them up there robbing them and pushing them off yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> is it something to do with a body part 
of yes. his was um, his head. Yes, was kept uh, yes. in a case. On it, it's in, in a, a jar. In a jar, <laughs> yeah, glass yeah. like a glass case, a jar. And isn't it somewhere like in America? You do really well, yeah. Yes, you are. You are correct. Correct. <laughs> he was found guilty of these potentially hundreds of murders and was well he was convicted of killing 70 people and they hanged him and then after that they cut his head off to study his brain was the idea to see if they could see if there's anything in it that made it obvious that he was a serial killer but a i don't think they'd have found anything from his decapitated brain in the 1840s um but also there's no sort of evidence that they actually looked at it because his head is still quite um, intact but they did preserve his head in some formaldehyde and it is still on display at the national museum of ancient art which is in lisbon oh lisbon yeah okay not in america there we go okay so well question seven archibald hall was also known as roy fontaine and he was born in the 40s and he was a petty thief and a burglar. He was in prison in the 1970s, and while he was serving his time, Fontaine decided to better himself. Can you remember what profession he trained himself for and subsequently got a job doing the next time he that he was released? He trained to be a butler. He did. And then yeah. he became a butler. He did, yep. Yeah. And then he murdered people as a butler. <laughs> he did, yeah. So he, he started working for a lady, as in a lady. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> not a lady, a lady. <laughs> um, and one of his fellow convict friends came to, oh, you got a job there as well or something, didn't he, as a gardener, yeah. a handyman. And this other person wanted to steal the jewellery and the possessions. Yeah. Uh, and Roy Fontaine said, nope, not going to let you. And he took him shooting. Yes. Didn't they? They decided to go rabbit shooting. Yeah. That and, um, and Roy Fontaine shot this other guy and buried his body. Yeah. Either the by river. the side of it. Yeah. It, it, some, some accounts. This is actually in the sort of the silt and the gravel at the bottom of this sort of brook or river mm. or whatever that ran through the estate yeah and then, and then he, he, he drive drove back down to london yeah, and then drove back up miles. to scotland and there was yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they ended up murdering this um lord and lady down yeah. in london and uh well the lady yeah. was murdered and um they took they drugged or drugged the man who was an ex-mp yeah and they took him up to scotland and they murdered him out there yeah. yeah, yeah, it was all getting very complicated, and then he ended up killing his half brother or something, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So, it got very messy. It did get very dead. complicated. A lot of people dead, and a heck of a lot of miles were covered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which in the seventies, yeah, driving up and down from London and the south of the UK up to Scotland. <laughs> yes. That's quite a long drive, isn't it? It is to get rid of some bodies. So, yeah, um, 
That was episode 65 from the 30th of September. Archibald Hall, also known as Roy Fontaine. Thank you. Question eight. What did Peter Madsen claim to have happened to Kim Fall? This was episode 55 from the 6th of May. So Peter Madsen was the crazy submarine guy who built his own submarine. Was that really back in May when we did that yeah. story? Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, right. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for giving me that clue because I was struggling otherwise. <laughs> now, he was the guy that built his own submarine, wasn't he? And yeah. he was a journalist. Yeah reporter and he offered to take her for a ride and then her body was found floating or washed up or yeah something like that and but, he I mean, parts of her body were found washed up right okay did he claim she banged her head or something and died as a result of that or yes he, he claims she had some sort of accident on, on yeah. board the submarine yeah, and that really, he panicked and then dumped her body. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're yeah, really, okay. um, yeah, no, I wouldn't have got that without the clue. <laughs> <laughs> so th- thank you for that. But, uh, yes. Yeah, I think initially he said that she'd bumped her head um, and that she died and then he dumped her body and then he changed his, he kept changing his story and then he said right. that, oh, she'd um, um, inhaled poisonous gases and that he panicked and then dismembered her and then <laughs> dumped her body. Because <laughs> that's what you would do if someone died in front of you is dismember them. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Um, and, yeah, no, he was found guilty quite quickly of her murder. Um, they think that he probably tortured her, um, cut her throat or strangled her and then dismembered her and then dumped parts of her body. And it took quite a long time for a lot of her to be found, I think. They found her torso about 10 days after she'd gone missing. And then it wasn't until October that they found two plastic bags in the bathe, which had her head, her legs, her clothes and a knife in the bag. Wow. Okay. Another gruesome crime. Very gruesome crime. Yes. So my last question, Phoebe, so this will be question nine. It comes from episode 60, which was released on the 30th of June. Peter Moore is a Welsh serial killer who killed four men, three of them within a few weeks of each other in 1995. The murders all happened on the North Wales coast, not far from Rill. So can you name either the type of shop that Moore and his family before him ran in Kinmore Bay, the actual little village where they lived, or the hobby that he took up, which meant that he was quite often driving around the roads and lanes of North Wales quite late at night. A clue to the hobby, there's, he appeared on like a BBC regional news programme. I thought he had something to do with the cinema. Yeah. Was it going to the cinema? Was it Phil? Was that his hobby? Was that the so he... shop that they had? <laughs> Something to do with the cinema. <laughs> yeah. So the hobby that he, he he took up, which sort of developed into something more, was that he 
renovated old cinemas. Ah, uh, okay. And I think he ended up with owning five. Right. Where I remember was, that he owned cinemas. Yeah, quite sort of amateurish sort of things. But yeah, he opened up these old abandoned cinemas in these little towns, which no longer had them. Yeah. Then he used to show films, but he, he had, I think it was five around North Wales. And quite often he'd be driving back from like Anglesey back to where he lived and things like that late at night. Yeah. Which was at the end good, of a showing. Sort of uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Which was good cover for him to um, then Kill pick people. up his victims. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Was it, was it an electrical shop? It was a hardware had? shop. Okay. Hardware, yeah. And they used to sell things like bottles of gas amongst other things. Right. Um, okay. To people yeah. that were like either had bottled gas to heat their homes or because it's a sort of a, a holiday area sort of along that north coast of yes of course Wales people had caravans and they had bottled gas from there as well but um, yeah another sort of old-fashioned hardware sort of things yeah so uh, yeah that yeah. Uh, that was Peter Moore that was that was an interesting one I remember that so final question question 10 in episode 57 from the 25th of May, again, I can't believe this is that long ago because it feels like we've literally just done this. In that episode, I told you about the Papine sisters. Oh, yeah. Um, from Paris, who were maids in yep. a house. So which body, what body part did the police mistake for a marble when investigating the missing Lancelin wife and daughter with who the Papine sisters worked. I think that was an eye. It was an eye. Was it the yes. eye of the lady of the house? Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. It was the, the mum's eye. Yeah, because I think the Papine sisters, they never talked to their employers. Yeah, never talked to them. But And the employers were, like, abusive, essentially. Yeah. And then one day... They just snapped. They come back from shopping, the the, the, yeah. the wife and the daughter, while the husband yeah. was out for a meal or something. And yeah, he they came were meeting back and... him back out. And th- like, so they were supposed to be meeting the husband out and they didn't arrive in time. So they sent the police round to see what was going on. Right. And they were like shining this torch around because there were no lights on. And they found this, what they thought was a marble. And they realized That's it right. was an eyeball. And then they found the, mom and the daughter like brutally brutally murdered and then they were looking for the sisters and they found them upstairs in the loft in bed in in their sort of yeah in their room and then they basically said yeah Yeah. we did it (laughs) yeah yeah and they gouged their eyes out didn't they yeah Yeah. nice Nice. yeah i did remember that one good story that was a good story yes well there we go that's um, a trip down memory lane of 2022 yeah, of Dead and Door to Do Death. We hope you've enjoyed uh, revisiting some of those stories. Yes, any, there's some uh... interesting ones. I guess, obviously, the other one that we've had a lot of listens to, I think, off the back of the documentary was the Libby Squire episode. Yeah. We talked yeah. about that. And if you haven't had a chance to watch the documentary yet, I'd really recommend it. It's um, very, it's a, it's a good a good watch in as much as it can be a good watch it's um very well put together and i guess the other kind of bigger case that you did was mary bell back in yeah. march 
It was a big case. And yeah, lots of obscure cases I think we've looked at this year. Yes. Really. The ones that we've, we've looked at have been a bit bit obscure. So yes. Okay. We'll, uh... <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So, well, our, our New Year's resolution is to do this more often. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've got any uh, questions you'd like to ask us or any comments, you can always email us. At daddanddaughterdodeath at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through our social media pages, Facebook. Just Dad and Daughter Do Death. And on Instagram. At Dad and Daughter Do Death. It would be really good to hear from you. Yeah. And if you've got any interesting cases that you think it'd be worth us having a look at and sharing with all of our listeners, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In the meantime. Have a very Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And for those that are celebrating, Happy Hanukkah as well, because that's happening over the same time as Christmas. So join us in 2023 when once again, Dad and Daughter do death. <laughs>